Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. divine elements of a person's life. Most of them are motivated by love or fear. If you're motivated by love, typically you pick up on the good news of life. And those that are motivated and controlled by fear are typically motivated by the works of darkness. This is going to be very unusual for me today how I'm going to speak to you because I feel like God has given me a lesson, a, le- a lesson of deliverance though. Will you take that? Amen. Fear is when you actually agree with the enemy. The most common scriptures in the book is do not fear, don't fret, don't be afraid. This is I, don't be scared. You know, what I don't know if you understand is those words and those forms, it may be in many different forms, but it's all around the same passage is, that's mentioned 365 times in the Bible. One for every day of the year. Did you realize that? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So we can apply that 365 days of the year to our lives. Fear is when we actually agree with the enemy. When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. So the, the Lord here is exposing tactics of the devil. He's trying to make us aware when he keeps mentioning fear. He's trying to make you aware that there is a fear. There is a spirit of fear. Do not fear. When he speaks those words is not in, in shame. He's not telling you for you to be ashamed because you have took on that spirit of fear. He's telling you so you be aware once again. Paul says in 2 and 11, 2 Corinthians 2 11, beware of his devices. So when he is speaking on fear, when he mentions the word fear, is because he is want to make you aware of what life is going to hold for you and may the attempt of fear come into your life. Having the emotion of fear is not a sin, but partnering with it is. When you're embracing the spirit of fear and you're, you're captivated by that, that's when it becomes a sin. We must trust and believe that Jesus will take care of it. We must remember there are two seasons. And I found this astonishing. I never had thought about it much and then got to reading. And I want you to really think about this. There are two seasons that we are always in, typically. One is Matthew 11 and 12, the violent. The Bible says faith is violent. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent taketh by force. That is a season to where we can reach out and we can go take what we need, what that healing that we need. We reach out and we grab it. The, the Holy Ghost, they came a season. I know we've all been pretty much part of the movement long enough to realize that there's different times and elements of a service where you just feel like there's an overflow and you can just, you can just barely lift your hands and the Holy Ghost will move on you. And then there's times you've got to you got to really go after it to get your breakthrough. And those, when you got to reach out and go after it, that's when it's the violent season that uh, Matthew 11 and 12 is talking about. And then there's that season, Mark 10 and 15 says, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as little children, he shall not enter therein. Receive, that means it's just there. You just that moment like I was talking about, you can just, I remember as a child, uh, the Holy Ghost would stir me so bad and uh, um, very prideful child <laughs> and, and, and knowing if, if I even lifted a pinky that God was going to fill me. I mean, I had that, I mean, I just knew, you know, that, that God, just any action that I put forth that God could move and so I just clam up. And uh, I feel God in this place today. Uh, if you need the Holy Ghost, God is here to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you need deliverance, like I said earlier, God is here to deliver you. And he will deliver you from all infirmities. At this point, God wants to equip you. When you're in this point of violent, he wants to equip you and know that you are built strong. He has built you for war. He has armored you for that battle that you're in. 
that's when you are at that point of violence. I'd like to take my text this morning from Isaiah 51 and 12. That first little bit was free, guys. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I just felt that a little bit. Isaiah 51 and 12 and 13 says this. I, even I, am he that comforts you. Who art thou, that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die? And I of the son of man, which shall be made as grass. And forgettest thy Lord maker the, that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were made to destroy us, ready to destroy. And we is the fury of the oppressor. Here he's saying, go back to 51, it says, I, even I, he the comfort us, you. Who art thou? He's asking him, who art thou? Don't you know? Have you seen my size? Have you seen how big I am? What are you afraid of? I am God. What do you have to fear? Why are you afraid? You have nothing to be afraid of. God says, don't be afraid of the oppressor. Don't be afraid of those things that is attacking your life because I am with you. Who are you to fear? I'm God. I stretch forth the heavens. I have made the earth. I have declared righteousness from unrighteousness and I am here with you. I'm here with you. Isaiah 54 and 13 says, And all the children shall be taught of the Lord and the great shall be the peace of thy children. Great shall be the peace of thy children. And righteousness shall be, thou be established, for the shalt far be from the oppressor. For thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Oppression, the feeling of being heavily burdened, mentally, physically, by troubles and adverse conditions. Things that we don't know how to handle. Things that we know that are out of our hands. Things that we face from day to day. Just the norm of life. And we fall into this oppression. Now, fear is obviously a sin. And then when we, when we, when we just wrap it up, and then oppression is definitely surpassed that. Because we have to realize he is with us. I wish every drug dealer could hear this scripture this morning because I know I drug dealer, drug person that's taking drugs um, that that you have no reason to be there. He is going to get you through this oppression. He's going to get you through these problems, these burdens, these conditions, these things that's coming against your life because I am God, I hold the very world in my hands. 
I was there that day when I spoke into existence. Let there be life. Let there be life. I created man. I created woman. I created the animals of the land. I'm telling you, I can get you through this. Satan's plan and how he works is is he doesn't mind you being part of the body. Don't don't never don't never think that he's okay with you being part of the body. But what he what he wants to do is detach this. And if he can detach the hands, the work of God, then he has got everything be and many times that comes through fear. Because we are scared to step out and use these hands. What he's created it for. Psalms 55 and 22 says, Give your burdens to the Lord. And he will take up care and take care of you. He will not permit. He will not permit. He will not allow the godly to slip and fall. I got confidence in God and knowing that when I wake up in the morning, there is going to be battles. There is going to be enemies that I face. There's going to be people that I just don't want to come in contact with, but the Lord is with me. I am in the very shadow of God. I am made in the very image of who he is. And he is with me, walking with me. Every battle I face, everything I see, he is with me. Philippians 1 and 27 says this, Only let your conversation be as it cometh to the gospel of Christ, that wherever I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear or your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for, for the faith of the gospel and nothing and nothing terrified by your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition but to you a salvation and that, that of God. Every time we get victories in our lives, and, and many times that's very evident when we, when many times that God will just, it may be at the altar, it may be at home. It's very evident. Let me tell you why it's very evident. Because what, what this is saying here is the very gates of hell The very gates of hell. Everybody behind that, I believe there's an alarm that goes off. And they're saying, whoops, this man just got victory. This woman just got victory. It affirms. Let me tell you what this does. It affirms exactly where they are going. Eternity is faced. What their eternity is faced is, is doom. And they that just confirms. It's just a... And I, you know, every once in a while, when, when, when you lift your hands and you just begin to thank God, in your body, you're affirming, you know that you are getting victory because I'm working. 
I'm thanking God. Yes, God, I'm going to get this victory. I'm praising God. I'm lifting my voice. I know you're my deliverer. I know you're my healer. You get it. But the gates of hell, what we ought to get joy knowing that they are, they are down about this man getting victory. That's what we need to start shouting about. When somebody gets victory, the very gates of hell behind them, knowing that they are in grief and and upset about what is going on up there. Oh my word, there's victory. God is blessing. A reminder. It's a reminder to them. I got three questions for you this morning to fear. One is, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? First John 4 and 17 says this, and 18 says, Herein our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I'm able to look at God with, with no... No awe, not, no fear. Saying, yeah, I, I, God, yeah, I was that man. I was that person. That's what boldness means. In the day of judgment, I'm able to stand before God knowing that no, I don't have to worry about if I'm guilty of what he's asking me about. I'm bold. I'm, I'm standing firm knowing that God is about to usher me in. No questions asked. And knowing that God is going to usher me into the gates. Hallelujah. Because as because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. No fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. Perfect love. Something we all need to work on is perfect love. I hear the word apathy a lot. My wife is comp- constantly talking empathy. I pronounce it right. Thank you for correcting me. She does not say it wrong, but I do. <laughs> empathy. Media, social media has taken us to a place to where we have lost it. it everything that hurts, just it blocks our mind anymore. And, and what we get from that is we, we lose that perfect love. We, we lose the conscious of, wow, eh, that's not a big deal. But it's, it, it is a big deal. Hurt. People hurt. Let me tell you something. If the church needs to do anything, we need to relate more to where the world is. We need to be able to speak hope into people's lives more than ever before. We need to speak that there is a God and he is here for you. Not what you've done, what you're doing. God's going to take care of that. He is going to take care of that at some point. What we need to speak hope to the hurting, to the hurting. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth. Is not made perfect in love. Perfect love is a mature love that being perfected in us while we're growing in Christ is something that we're striving 
for perfect love. Love and fear cannot, love and fear cannot exist together. They, they can't coexist. At the same time, it's impossible. They are totally opposites. Love and fear are totally opposite to each other. If we are full of love, that, 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 that means we cannot be full of fear. That's why the Bible says love conquers fear. God is love. Love takes care of dominion of fear. Casteth. Casteth means throw away like garbage. It takes, love just takes up. God is love. It says God is love, so it takes up the very spirit of fear and it casts us out. Now, my, my, my best recollection is love is, is the, really the, the day I got married. That really sealed the, the concept of love, what love was to me, and it's great. But there's, there, there's another thing that what, deeper than even that is how good do you feel when you do something for somebody? Without posting on Facebook saying what you've done for somebody, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about how good do you feel when you do something for somebody with no return at all. You're not expecting any return. That is a spirit of love. That's a spirit of perfect love. That is God working in you. These mission trips we do, the offering that they was talking about this morning, when we're giving to that, we're doing that out of love. We want God to stir these people. We want these churches to grow. I'm sorry, folks. I, I, I just feel this in the Lord. I have prayed about this, and I feel when I came up here today, I felt very confident about what I was going to speak about because there's nothing that shakes the devil like the word love and, and making everybody aware of what's going on. These... Um, these Things we've been having. Uh, I hate to even, I hate the word politics anymore. Even um, the the debates and everything. It's everything's not even about what production L- love produces. Everything lately has been about tearing down. I don't care who it is. I don't. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not talking about presidents. I'm talking about everything in this world. It just seems about like taken down. The very opposite of what love is. Love is to build up. What are you thinking? So what are you doing about it? And what are you thinking? Paul writes, everywhere I go, people want to kill me. Everywhere I go, people want to kill me. I've been beaten, I've been shackled, I've been thrown in holes. My life has been threatened. Things that none of us has seen. And all he can think is and say is rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. What are you thinking? I got to think on the thoughts of rejoicing. 
those battles that are facing, I got to lift my hands still and say, God, I thank you for what I, what you give, but I thank you for what I, you take away. Those things that are attacking my life, I thank you because God, I know there's a deeper death that you are taking me to when I am being attacked by the enemy. Every sickness I've ever had, I know there's a testimony in it. Every deliverance I've ever had, I know God's going to work in it. Every, everything that has approached my life that seems different. God is using it. There's every situation. We face situations every day in our lives and fear comes over us because we're scared just to speak. And when you get to the place that you're afraid to speak, at some point you get afraid to the place to even think because it's not part of your vocabulary so you don't even think about it no more. We need to think about rejoicing, lifting our hands and telling God, look, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. I will be glad in this day. Is my 13 minutes up yet? I'd like to also ask you this question. And I want you to think on these things. I, I, I really believe that God is, is speaking a word of deliverance. Not me, but I believe God is speaking to a word of deliverance just now. I, I really believe that, that. That can carry on well beyond these walls. And, and you're going to be able to speak words of life into those that are facing these things of fear today. That is our job. Because when, when, we, when we think about what we're saying and what we're thinking and what we're doing about it, we do start reaching out. Let me, let me tell you something. God works in the very people that you never thought he would work in. We need to stop thinking about how God is going to use that next slick man that walks into that back door and fill with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't always work that way. Remember at a really young age, my dad had brought over a, a man working for him pouring concrete. And anybody knows anything about concrete, them are usually not the classiest guys. They are some pretty roughnecks sometimes. And uh, I'm in an industry myself in plumbing. They are not the, the, uh, the white collar of the world. But uh, I rem- his, uh, his, his fellow began to work with him, and he was ate up with drugs and demons. And I remember my dad just took time with this man and, and really worked with this man. And, and I remember my dad telling me the story of how he would just witness and give this man hope. He wasn't out there preaching about how on the day of Pentecost, everybody was gathered all in one accord and how they filled everybody with the Holy Ghost. No, he preached hope. God is gonna, God's going to get you through this. God's going to see you through this. Now, I think that's very important. But there comes a time when all we need to apply is for the situation that someone's offered. And I remember my dad telling me about how 
he was, he was just speaking hope into this guy's life, how God's just going to see him through this. And this man hit the, his knees in the very footers where they were digging. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost out there on the job. So, so, so sometimes the old B3 Hammond organ is not going when someone receives the Holy Ghost. Sometimes he's reaching out. That, that, that's what's so great about God. I have learned in my experience many times that when, when I pray for someone, it is someone that don't even know Christ when God moves in their life. They may not know Christ at all. But God always reaches down because I am going to reach I'm going to try to say the right things. And let me tell you something. Anytime God has moved in my life when I'm praying for somebody, you better believe I'm going to thank God for it. I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to open up and say, God, thank you. I know you are my deliverer. I know you are my deliverer. What am I saying? Joel 3 and 9 says this. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. What are you saying? What are you saying this morning? What are you saying to your situation that you're facing? What are you feeding into another mind? Can we just lift our hands? Jesus, Lord God. Let the weak say I am strong. consider myself not by just looks but a big shouldered boy to be able to handle pretty much anything Through uh, a 
obviously I'm not telling y'all anything you don't know, but through this sickness, my dad has been fighting. I have uh, seen my father go from a very muscular man, very anybody that's known my dad for any amount of time knows he was a big man. No, he's a, he was a very strong man. And I have seen my dad is a uh, His body have has definitely become frail. And I and I and I know God has used this. And and I I'm I'm not I'm not looking past the, the very fact that he's been sick. But I, I definitely have noticed some things about him that I never knew. (laughs) The man that had seemingly been able to take a sign and just a few phrase words and build a message that would just Somehow or another, just change many. (laughs) A very anointed man, a man that could speak faith to anyone's life. (laughs) I have literally seen things that him work, God work in his life that is just mind blowing and sometimes I just, you know I get, like many of you know I I get a lot of road time and I just kind of shake my head just remembering back my my biggest fault in my life is I got a good memory And, and I can tell you stories that would just blow your mind about my dad and, and this is I, I'm not preaching this message about my dad but I've sit there and I've seen him when, when our family did not have nothing and him take a dime and stick in the offering plate and somebody go up and give him a check not even knowing him I've seen him step in ambulances with the lights off children pronounced dead and him pray and God minister and bring them back to life. I've seen that through his hands. At Perry, Florida, I've seen a man have a heart attack and him just lay his hands on him and God immediately raised that man up. His tongue come back out of his mouth. I've seen that. But I've seen this time and this where he's at now, frail. And I look at and I'm human. I'm, I'm being straight with you. I say, God, why? A man that's never really had a whole lot, but a lot of faith. 
at humans, I'd say, why? Not fear. I'm not speaking of fear. I just say, why? And I'll call them and you can't get a negative word out of them. On the way to the hospital this morning, I called him. I said, how you, Pop? His weak voice. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Pop, you want me to come over there now? He goes, no, I know you got to preach. I got, a way, I got ways of knowing these things is what he said. I have no idea who that would have been. but He goes, no, you go and you preach. He says, I'm going to pray for you. A man is fighting to breathe. A man fighting for his life. And he's telling me, I'm going to pray for you. What are you saying? I'm saying I am strong. Say I'm, I'm strong. When I'm weak, say I'm strong. Strength becomes reality when it's declared. God says, I put the word in your mouth, so declare it. God moving in such a strong way in this place. If you're fighting anything this morning, I'm not just talking about sickness. I'm talking about things that are fighting in your mind. I'd like to open this up right now and tell you God will move in your behalf. You are fighting sickness in your body this morning. I want to tell you, God will move on you. On the from the very smallest things. If you need the Holy Ghost this morning, God will fill you with the Spirit. And God will move in your behalf. I'm not just speaking words. I know these are things we are all facing. I wonder if we all just could come and it's okay to land hands on each other. But I'd like to share this one last word with you. Ezekiel 37 and 3 says this, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy unto these bones. Let me tell you, it matters what you say. I wonder if you would lift your hands and on anything you need, you just lift your hands and you begin to say what you need. Let the Lord move in this place. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for that conquering fear, Lord. 
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.